This is M.I.P. With Masamela Mafuma. Mark Thompson. Get woke. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. God bless everyone. Good to have back with us our dear brother from out in Tulsa. We've spoken with him before and we followed him too. All of us have all the great work he's been doing on behalf of Justice for Greenwood. You can go to justiceforgreenwood.org. He is none other than attorney Demario Solomon Simmons. Brother, how are you, man? I'm good, Brother Mark. It's always good to be with you and to be in community with you, you know, and having me on again. It's a blessing. Well, we don't have you on enough, so we got to do better about that. Um, we were all alarmed. Was it was it last month? Yeah, when, July the judge, when the judge said no and threw the case out for the for, yeah. the, for the Tulsa survivors. Yes, right. What, what, yeah, what were the grounds for even doing that? Well, you know, we were all, like you said, alarmed, devastated, shocked, depressed. Uh, it was unbelievable. Friday, July 7th, around 7.45 p.m., I get a text message from a reporter saying, hey, do you care to comment on a dismissal of the Greenwood case? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And just was devastated, Mark. We could not believe that. And we finally, we didn't know for three or four days what the actual rationale was to dismiss us because our judge didn't provide that documentation until we wouldn't, we didn't receive it until the 11th. And then on the 12th, she supplemented her documentation. And essentially she said, that she dismissed our case because she didn't believe we were adequately pled a remedy or what should, what, what should we get? What should we get if we win? The, the irony of that is we had already pled all of that information and she had asked us to take it out previously. But more importantly than that, Mark, in Oklahoma, by Oklahoma law since 1984, you don't have to plead your specific remedy. All you have to do is say, I was harmed. This is what happened to me. And I want, I want, I want a, a remedy. That's it. You don't have to say, I want X, Y, and Z. So that's why we appeal this to the Supreme Court and feel real good about our chances. And that is the breaking news, the Supreme Court. On, so on that basis, that is why the Supreme Court is taking up the appeal on the basis you just described? Well, that's the basis that we asked for. So in Oklahoma, and that is the breaking news. The breaking news is, the Oklahoma Supreme Court has decided to hear our case. Right. That is the breaking news. That is huge. It was one of one of three major hurdles that we needed to get over to get back into the court to have discovery and have a trial. And why that's so important, Mark, that the Supreme Court decided to hear our case, because the way it works here in Oklahoma, for everyone that's listening, every case, every case that is appealed is appealed to the Oklahoma Supreme Court. 99% of those cases are then sent back down to what's called the Oklahoma Court of Civil Appeals. And then that's a, a minimum of a year process. And then at the end of that year process, you have the right to petition the Supreme Court to review that decision and they don't have to take it or, or not. 
But what we did, we specifically asked the court in a motion to retain our case for three particular reasons. Number one, because of the his historic significance of the case. Number two, because of the extraordinary ages of our three plaintiffs, 109-year-old Mother Viola Ford Fletcher, 108-year-old Leslie Benefield Randall, and 102-year-plus Hughes Van Ellis, we call him Uncle Red. And then the third reason that we say, Supreme Court, you need, to, you need to hear this case yourself, is that if they allow what Judge Wall did to stand, it will change how all cases in Oklahoma are litigated, not just uh, civil rights cases, not just public nuisance cases, not just personally, all cases, because Judge Wall literally rewrote the law that's been on the book since 1984. Wow, that's, that's, that blew my mind, man. I mean, people just, I mean, I just don't stay how some people, I'm not even a lawyer, I, I play one sometimes, but, but, <laughs> but, bruh, you telling me, you not only, the law says you're not required to put your remedy in there. And then she does the exact opposite and throws it out on them. That's what is, and wait a minute, how can you be a judge and not know that's gonna go up and be granted an appeal. Cause I mean, a lot of appeals are on the procedure and the violation of the, of the, of the, of the fine print. So what was, she, what do you think was behind that? She just didn't want to do it. She just. Well, Mark, as you know, cause the last time we talked uh, last year, we were happy because the, this same judge is saying we were going to be able to move forward with our case, right? We were, Last May of 2022, she said she denied the defendant's motion to dismiss or partially denied it, which means if she's partially denying the motion to dismiss, that means a portion of the case is moving forward. I can't tell you why she changed her mind and, and reversed herself. But what I can tell you is the law is very clear. And we are in feeling very hopeful and pessimistic, optimistic, I should say that the Supreme Court is going to look at the law and just how they quickly decided, you know, this is a case we should keep, that they will do the same when they decide to give us an oral, oral history, oral uh, hearing, let us come before them, and then make the right decision. And, and Mark, this is really important. I want everybody to understand. We're not asking them to decide the ultimate issue. We're not asking them to decide that the public nuisance was created by the massacre and therefore the clients do or do a remedy that the community should have some type of redress for what happened. All we're asking the Supreme Court to do at this point is send our case back to the trial court level and let us develop our case with discovery. Let us put on our experts. Let us have a trial. Let our clients testify under the oath and then let the judge look at all of that and make a determination that one, a nuisance has occurred because of the massacre, two, that that nuisance is ongoing, and three, this is what it would take to repair, to abate, to fix the ongoing nuisance. Now, you mentioned how normally it goes from the Oklahoma Supreme Court to the, to the Court of Civil Appeals. That's what right. you just described would, is that, would that circumvent that? Would they hear all arguments yes. and do just- So we've already circumvented, yes. So, we circumvented that by the Supreme Court deciding, because they didn't have to. I mean, listen, you know, 
obviously we want a, a favorable decision, right? And obviously we don't know what they're going to decide because they're the judges. But we we was we feel this way. They did not have to accept this case. They could have done what they do with 99% of the cases and sent gotcha. it to the Court of Civil Appeal. They could have Same done thing. that. Yeah. And they could have just said, you know what? Okay. You know, we'll look at it whenever it comes back up in a year, year and a half. They didn't do that. We got to give them credit for that. Yeah, I, I get it now. Okay, I, I didn't get that in the beginning. So you're saying what they do 99% of the time, they didn't do that this time, which is a big deal. That's right. I got That's it. Right. Okay, so the case is there. So they they are now, they've taken the case, which means that they're now reviewing your appeal, your request to actually allow it to be sent back down to trial. Now, That's right. forgive me for not remembering this either. You mentioned the judge, hears the evidence, makes a decision. So this is not a, this will not be any type of jury situation, correct? This will That's be. That's correct. Yeah. It's so judge, judge. How, how do we feel about that? Man, it's, you know what? It is what it is. <laughs> and the fact that we are in court, because every other case, Mark, remember, and I always like to make sure people understand this. I am just standing on the shoulders of a long line of lawyers and community members and academics and professors and regular folks that's been fighting for justice for Greenwood for 102 years. And I make that point because there have been over 100 plus lawsuits that have been filed starting days after the massacre. None of those lawsuits have received their day in court. All of those lawsuits have been kicked out on uh, either motions to dismiss or they just they just literally didn't do anything with them. They just ignored them. So the fact that we're in court with a real live case, with a with real live cause of action, meaning this is not something we're just running around saying, hey, these people were done wrong. You should do something right by them, which, which is correct, right? That's accurate. They were done wrong. A community was destroyed. Something should be done about that. But we actually have an actual legal case that should win. And with our particular theory, public nuisance in Oklahoma, and it's like this in many other places, a public nuisance case does not have any statute of limitations. See, that was the thing that we got defeated in the early 2000s by the case by my mentor and your friend, Professor Charles Ogletree, who, you know, you and I were talking off camera you know, recently passed and his memorial service is coming up. So shout out to Professor Ogletree. You know, that was just a, a, a giant of a man. He was an impact to so, so many people. He loved Tulsa. He loved Greenwood. He loved the survivors. But the case that he was the co, he was the uh, lead counsel was kicked out in 2004 because they said, well, a statute of limitations. And for those who don't know what a statute of limitation is in the law, it goes back from England that there has to be a time period before you can bring your, your rights. No matter what, they say you have two years, four years, six years. Well, in Oklahoma, you only have two years to sue for a civil rights violation and personal injury. And, and so the court said in 2004 that despite the massacre happening and the black folks had no opportunity to get any redress, despite Jim Crow, despite the KKK being in, in control, Yes, that was true until around uh, maybe 1980. So the lawsuit should have been filed in 1982. Therefore, you waited too late. We're kicking you out of court. That was the wrong decision, Mark. But that was the decision on a statute of limitations. 
when our case been a public nuisance, there is no statute of limitations as long as the nuisance is continuing. So let me make that more clear for everyone. For all of those who remember about 12, 13 years ago, the BP oil explosion that happened in the Gulf of Mexico. And if you remember, they had that underwater camera and that oil, millions of gallons of oil was shooting into the ocean for about 45 days. That's what we would call a triggering act, right? That water, that oil coming out. And at some point, they plugged that hole. That oil was no longer spilling into the Gulf of Mexico. So that's like the massacre. During the massacre, they were dropping bombs. They were setting homes on fire. They were shooting and stabbing, beating, hanging people in the street. They destroyed 1,500, over 1,500 homes and businesses. That was just like the oil spilling out. Well, just like they plugged the oil well, at some point they stopped dropping the bombs, right? But that oil that came out of the oil well was still polluting the ocean, still killing the fish, still killing the birds, still polluting the air. So it doesn't matter that they plug the hole. The continuation of the nuisance of the oil is the issue. And until the oil is, is cleaned up, the nuisance is continuing. And there's no statute of limitation. So that's the same here in Tulsa. Yeah, they stopped bombing, but they didn't rebuild any of the buildings. They didn't rebuild any of the homes. They didn't, they didn't make the places that people were living more and more habitable. They didn't replace the jobs that were lost. They replaced the, the loss of life. They didn't replace the income. The nuisance continues. So I just want to make sure people understand when I say a public nuisance, that's what I'm talking about. No, that's deep. And, and not only will that preach, brother, first of all, um, yes, God bless ancestor Ogletree. Um, I mean, this brother was a giant to so many of us. And what he did for our people, the way in which he dedicated his life to our people, my God. Let now, me show you something right quick. Oh, man. This is on my desk. Oh, man. Yes, sir. And uh, I don't know, it's kind of a glare there, but I see. This is this is Ogletree. This John, John Hope Franklin, and that's a young me. Look at that, man. Oh, you there I'm, with the John? I'm a law student. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a law student. J just to be able to touch the hem of their garment. Listen. There's no, there's no blessing like y'all sit at, never become so arrogant that you can't sit at the feet of the elders. Some young people, Listen. Brother DeMario, don't want to do that no more. We don't need these. Other. No, we are an African people. We must sit at the feet of our elders and learn from, that's why this brother's doing what he's doing. Tree right. tried the case, he comes back with the public nuisance. What I was about to say, not only would that preach the public nuisance argument, to me, that's the same as what we've been saying in H.R. 40. We are still suffering under the vestiges of enslavement. Vestige sounds a whole lot like nuisance to me. That's it. Because the crap is still ongoing. The vestiges have not been remedied. Okay? So, that, that's, so no, that, that, I'm very glad you explained it that way, ladies and gentlemen, so you can, you can get that. 
and understand it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. So I don't want I don't want you to reveal your argument here. But and if I go too far, just stop me. But the next logical step from that is if we're looking at this ongoing public nuisance. Wouldn't then remedy. And if you don't want to get in that right now, fine, but it would just seem to me true or false that remedy. You can say true or false remedy would include. Addressing the ongoing public nuisance for the Tulsa and Greenwood that remains and can be repaired. That's, that's it. Okay, that's it. You. That's okay. it. And this, this is a great question. And it's something that um, I get asked a lot. And a lot of times people, people don't understand what a public news case is. See, we have three living survivors. They are the placeholders for the 40 blocks that was destroyed. The case they're, they don't receive necessarily something for themselves personally unless that's a part of the abatement package, which it can be because in our overall abatement package, and like I said, I don't want to get too much into that right now, but we have different things in our abatement package that we talked about before. But the, but the key is this nuisance was created in the 40-block area of Greenwood. That's why our case is so powerful, Mark, from a legal, a legal theory that should not be dismissed because in Oklahoma, they say a nuisance occurs in a discrete localized area that causes property to be uninhabitable or unusable, unusable or creates uh, an issue for someone's health, safety and welfare because of criminal activity. We meet the, the I mean, what could be more statutory definition than the massacre? And what we want is a holistic, comprehensive abatement plan that deals with the 40 blocks and everything that has occurred because of the massacre. And and why would the court, especially the Supreme Court, not want to get on the record for time and memoriam the testimony of the only remaining witnesses who saw what happened? Right. You know, and, and I mean, I, I think that's important. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but does does not jurisprudence have some obligation just even to that? Well, I think so, Mark. <laughs> and I say this and I, I, I've said all the time, this case, this case. Is so important to our people throughout this nation, because if you cannot get justice and a day in court, just a day in court for the largest, most deadly, destructive race massacre and domestic terrorist act in the history of the United States of America. 40 blocks burnt down. Over 12,000 people suffered the massacre. Up to 3,000 people were disappeared, meaning we don't know what happened to them. We don't know if they were killed. We don't know. We just never, like we heard, we knew where they were on May 30th. On May 31st, never heard from them again. Over two. Hundred million dollars in property damage alone, according to Harvard University. You're talking about 
verified hundreds of people killed, but we know, like I said, 3,000 was never heard from again. We have video of the massacre. Even though it was in 1921, there's video of the destruction. There are hundreds of photos. There were hundreds of insurance claims that were, that were, that were filed, never to be paid. And you have living witnesses who experienced it. If this doesn't allow you an opportunity to have a day in court, then what does? Yeah. It puts everybody, everybody at harm's way because it says to the world and to the nation that you can do the most heinous, worst thing possible to a whole community and nothing from our legal system will be done about it. Uh, moving quickly, I know we got to go. How soon do you think the... the so? The courts got to take it. They've they have taken it, so they've got to let you know whether they're gonna allow you to take the oral argument, do the oral argument. I mean, why would they take it and not do that, right? I mean, that's what we. They're not gonna just say, agree to see it and just be like, oh, never mind. They're gonna. More well, they don't have to. So that's the thing. That's what's interesting about this, Mark. That's why, again, them taking it so quickly as they did is is for us a good sign. Yeah. Because yeah. just like they only they take less than one percent of the cases that they keep themselves. They only allow oral argument for about one percent of the cases. Mm. Okay, so last year, and I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not an appellate specialist, but I, you know, we have an appellate specialist okay. on our team, and she informed us that last year they had like three for the whole year, and like three oral arguments for the entire year. Yeah. So it's an unusual thing for them to do it. This is an unusual case. We want them to grant us oral argument. And then we want them to make the ultimate decision to send us back to the court. Can you tell us anything about the makeup of this Oklahoma Supreme Court? Yeah, the Oklahoma Supreme Court is a uh, nine justices, just like the United States Supreme Court. Oklahoma is a conservative. I mean, it's a MAGA red, blood red, MAGA times 10 state. However, our Supreme Court is not because our Supreme Court has several uh, members who were appointed under uh, Democratic uh, governors, and even some of the Republicans that have been appointed, and, and, uh, and it's just true, they take their oath to be a, a, a lawyer and a judge very seriously. And they try to call it based upon what the law says. Does that, does that mean that they, they still conservative leaning? Yes. But it's some real people with integrity on the court. Good, good, good to know. Folks, uh, justiceforgreenwood.org. Keep up there. We'll be talking to our brother. He'll be keeping us posted. Uh, any idea how soon that might happen? No idea, brother. Okay. No okay. idea. But I'll tell you this. For them to decide within three days to accept the case was extremely fast. So we are hoping. I talked to the survivors today, in fact, and they're saying, look, you know, yeah, we, 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 we're, we're tired and we're here for the long haul, but we're praying that they will answer our prayers as soon as possible. Yeah. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You know, we didn't call him tree for no reason. You wanted the branches, brother. He taught you. So you, you keep, continue to do what you're doing, man. We need you. Tulsa needs you. The nation needs you. We need to win this case. We need to continue to make this argument. 
and what our brother's saying um, about the ongoing harm and all of that, that's important because we know that is him. Some folk want to say, well, everything that happened stopped after 1865. That is not true. Y'all stop believing that crap on social media and participating in those conversations. The argument is, is there. There is, there is the ongoing uh, harm. The nuisance is what That's we're right. talking about. Thank you, Attorney Demario Solomon Simmons. Keep us posted, my brother. We appreciate you joining us as always right here on Make It Play, man. Sounds good, bro. I appreciate you, Bart. Appreciate you too. Long live hey. Charles Ogletree. Uh, hey, I'll say to that, amen. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister or brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand. And above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love. And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.